Okay, you're gonna have to whisper into it because it's gonna cap out at twelve and it's gonna sound really bad. So go ahead and try. Go ahead and try. I'm talking to it. Harrison, I already talked into it. Look, I can hold it. And we're back, baby. Welcome back to the podcast. Ew, ew, ew. Is that's that how my, you do it? It's past my bedtime. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I'm joined by Harrison Carroll on this lovely Wednesday evening. It's Thursday though. Are we starting? It doesn't feel like a Wednesday. Did he? Do you really whisper in it like that? No, I've never whispered into it before, Renee. That's not true. All right. I've listened to your podcast. Not all, Renee. Not <laughs> it's so, I'll be seeing you. It's Dennis so big. <laughs> it's so big. Dennis, you need to have a character that resembles you, Harrison. Okay, we'll find one. What are you going to talk about? Reese from uh, Mouth Wind. What are you going to talk uh, about? Reese is by far my favorite uh, character. Really? What are you going to talk about? No one makes me laugh as much or as hard as Reese. I like Julie, too. I like, I like Reese all the best. I like the mom, too. I like every single character on that show, especially like the girl that's trying to, or the guy that tries to take on Lois. Oh, he's my favorite. He goes to my high school, or he went to my high school. Really? Yeah, he, he still lives there. I want to meet him. <laughs> Roll up. Hey. In Iowa? Yeah. Craig Feldspar, level 42 dungeon master. <laughs> and we're back, babe. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Harrison Carell, coming from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I'm going to let Harrison say hi to the people. Hi, people. Roll the intro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you can probably infer by my last couple podcasts, uh, I have had guests on here from multiple different geographic locations, and uh, Harrison is no different. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Harrison, and he can just tell us about himself. Yeah, I'm Harrison. I'm from uh, Ted Cruz's favorite destination to see the butter cow. Oh, yeah. And uh, I... And probably the only person from Iowa who is interested in marine biology. So that's what I do. Yep, he's actually a student here at Auburn University. And, you know, when you, when you look at Auburn, Alabama, and Des Moines, Iowa, it's, it's quite the trip. So, uh, I don't know, what actually, no, I don't even know this. What brought you to, to come to Auburn being from Iowa? So, uh, yeah, if you know anything about Iowa or the Midwest in general, uh, one of the major features is that it's landlocked, and uh, you have to travel at least 19 hours to get to a beach. And I always liked marine biology, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, so I was like, okay, if I want to study this, I have to go somewhere way outside the Midwest. So I was like, well, the South is cool. I have family in the South. So I was like, okay, what Southern schools are good with marine biology? And uh, Auburn came up as an option, and that's one I really like to have other family in the SEC. So I thought that could be a fun little thing. And Auburn just showed up as a really good school. Uh, so one trip down to Savannah, Georgia to see my grandparents, we stopped by, and uh, it was we gave ourselves we gave ourselves a tour, and it was flash flooding, and one of our tires popped. Oh man! And even then, I thought it was beautiful, and I loved it, and that's. That's the school I ended up going with. Yep, better to live in a rainy day in Auburn than to die in Des Moines, Iowa, I guess, where it's all <laughs> landlocked and no beaches. Sure. That's a, that's a reference. If, if to, I can love it at its worst, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I guess that's true. That's another way to look at it. Um, so I know Harrison from ACF. It's the same place where I know uh, Mitchell from a previous podcast, and that's where I know him from as well. 
So um, I don't know. I, I think the the moment I met Harrison, I don't really remember exactly, but I do distinctly remember playing my first ever role playing game <laughs> with Harrison. I, it was, I think it was, I mean, maybe this time last year. I think we were still still trying to kick it. We started it before the winter break and kind of swung into the new year before you know the pandemic started and we all went home. But, um, yeah, we played, it was like this Teen Titans, uh, kind of. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know, but we were all, we were all superheroes, and I, I picked some generic Superman-esque kind of thing, because I didn't know what I was doing. Everybody else picked something creative, and, and I'll let Harrison kind of talk about why you were even there, and what you were, what your whole gag was, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and it, it turned out to be pretty fun. I didn't really get it. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. But I think I think Harrison. I don't know if you're more experienced than me, but you definitely were more creative on uh, on that end. Do you remember what you were? Yeah, I was Terry Crews, also known as the Dingo. The and Dingo. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think I was like a Hawkeye s character. That was actually my first time doing a role playing thing. Oh, really? As well, yeah. Because uh, it was something I always wanted to do. I thought it looked fun, mm-hmm. so I told that to Mitchell, and Mitchell's like. Yeah, well, I'm pulling together things. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> cooking Mitchell on the podcast. So I'm not cooking him. I'm just that's just the sound he makes. Okay. Um, I I do remember the first time I met you though. You were at my house. I was at your house during a freshman throwdown or something. And oh. You, it was you. It was you and Renee. Yeah, because it, it was you and Mitchell lived together. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Then I was like, you, you want to know what I really thought? Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> never, never, this is exclusive content. Original never reaction, before said. Never before heard or said. So everybody give it a good listen to what Harrison is about to say about what he thought about just me. Yeah, or, just okay. you. Okay. I was like, this guy's probably too cool for ACF. Oh, really? Yeah, then, then you're invited to do like the role playing thing. And I was like, oh, he's going to think this is fucking st- oh, shit. <laughs> he's, he's gonna think this he's is, gonna think this is stupid and leave acf forever he's gonna be like wow this is cringe and then just leave wow but okay well neat neat thing to hear then harrison here we are a whole you know year and a half later yeah still was like hanging maybe in he wasn't as cool as i thought he was yeah, maybe I, maybe i'm not as cool as, a, as you thought huh just kidding. You're cooler than I thought you were. Oh, thanks, Harrison. I don't even remember you being there, honestly. I know we like went in there. You were doing a speech. I, I wasn't there originally, yeah. I was that. I don't know if that, that was the was first it? time. I know there was a time where... I probably Har- was it. Yeah, no, Harrison was in public speaking, um, I think, my first year at um, uh, at Auburn. And you were working on a speech, and we all went in there and like said something to you. Yeah. What Everyone, was it? I was just writing a speech on my bed because I thought it was due the next day because I signed up to do it the next day and I stressed out about it and stayed up till 3 a.m. writing it. Then I got there and people were blowing through speeches and I'm like, am I going next? And he's like, you're not supposed to go till Thursday. Oh. And I was like, huh. But uh, yeah, uh, everyone came in <laughs> individually one at a time and gave me some encouraging words. What did I say? You were probably like, uh, Harrison, uh, yep, keep it up, dude. I'll leave you to it. You know, that's funny that Harrison's doing a me impression because I've asked him (laughs) to do a me impression before and he's like, I don't know. And so, yeah, because I do a you impression all the time. I I feel like I do a you impression all the time. I guess it's I guess it's behind just, your back in a non snaky way. Yeah, probably, probably. But I think you know but I was always. You're, I think you're really impressionable. 
Oh, well, thank you, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I think that means you're just unique. I think you are, too. I think I, it's a good thing, for it's, sure. It's a, it's a cadence thing. I think we both we both have. We're not any average Chad Joes, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, average Chads, I guess, is the correct terminology there. But um, moving from that, I don't think there was ever really a, a moment where I didn't like Harrison. I think he was always, he was warm to me uh, probably every single time I saw him. Uh, you know, thus far, of course, Harrison has yet to wrong me. It could happen this episode. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Truth may come out in a in a in a not great way. Um, but yeah, we we started out on that the the ye old uh, role playing game, and I guess the the rest is history. Because like I didn't know honestly, like when when I was talking with you, like I couldn't tell if you liked me or wanted to keep talking to me. And I think whenever you laughed at anything I'd said or did. Um, you can tell Fizz at you were with you. Yeah, no, at first I was like, oh, frick. And then I kind of realized, and I kind of leaned into it, because I thought that, like, y'all were all going to hate me when I did the role-playing game. Because I, <laughs> like, I was like, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. I thought I would break... I didn't know. I broke the immersion, quote-unquote, so uh, much, because I was like, Mitchell, Mitchell, what do I do? This is Caleb asking Mitchell. I thought you did a really good job, honestly. Uh, thanks. I, I, fe- I felt that way about myself. I was like, oh, really? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, okay, I guess I so you we, did good. we were on the same page then. Yeah, no, because I mean, I felt like super awkward, like most of the time, because it was a lot of me being like, is this, is this me? Is this what I, is this my turn? And I, because, you know, it's a whole, it's all, it's a different breed than any board game that I've played. So, you really uh, got to break out of a shell to do that. Yeah, and I think that yeah, was a good way to, uh, to meet each other and grow from that. So, uh, yes, that is Harrison and Mai's uh, personal history, I guess. And when it comes to Harrison, a lot of people know him as the Iron Buns. And um, I was not here for the making of that nickname. Uh, no, no, no. I was I was unable to make the occurrence that that in which that happened. But uh, I, you know what? I want you to tell the story about you being Mr. Iron Biscuits. Okay, so a couple stories have arisen, but uh, the just examples of its power, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the original is we were playing one of my favorite games. Uh, it's called Fortune Cookie Fear Factor. Everyone who's playing writes two dares, puts it in a hat. You draw two and pick between the two which one you want to do. My favorite dare to write is if, your guy have a spank train ran on you. Uh, so if, naturally, I drew my own dare, and I was like, you know what? I want to see if I can take it, because I'd never had a spank train <laughs> ran on me before. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so I leaned over a chair, and everyone in the room, which was probably like ten people lined up. First person, uh, his name is Lucas. Uh, he, he winds up his slap. You can tell he really wants to go for it. And he just hits my butt. And immediately he recoils in pain, <laughs> clenching his wrist. And gets to the back of the line. Uh, and then as the night goes on, he's just holding his wrist. And he's like, guys, my wrist really hurts. And we're like, uh, okay, we can put some ice on it or something. 30 minutes later, he's like, Guys, my wrist, like, really hurts. And we're like, okay, do you want us to, like, make you a splint or something? So we make him a cardboard cardboard splint. And then 20 minutes later, he's like, guys, I think I have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> I'm in unbearable pain right now. Uh, so uh, I think it was closed or something, at, or whatever the free option was, was closed at the time. Um, so we just give him some painkillers or something. And he goes in the morning... 
and he finds out that his wrist straight up broke on contact with my butt. Um, and I think the worst part is it didn't even hurt. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's the hardest thing I've ever heard Harrison say. Man broke his wrist on my butt. Didn't even hurt. And, and then like one week, one week later, I'm at the same guy's house and I just hop up butt first onto his kitchen counter and it just caves in and cracks straight down the middle. A massive crack all the way through. <laughs> Literally all the way through. So, yeah. So that thus uh, was the beginning of the saga of the Iron Butt. And I guess to complete the trilogy, Harrison has to do one more thing. But I think we're in the, the preview stage thus far. Harrison's butt has not struck a third victim. I, I think you're right. I'm aiming for most destructive. Oh, yeah? That, that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you a little actually preface about Fortune Cookie Fear Factor. I've only played um, uh, once or twice. It's not really my game because, you know, a lot of dares, they get kind of weird. And I think, or at least I'm not sure, um, but it seems as though it was a y'all original. Like, it, like I looked up Fortune Cookie Fear Factor dares online, and like, and like nothing came up. And so, like, it could have been someone like figured okay, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's been here since I was a freshman. Oh, okay. So I guess it's a it's an ACF tradition thing, maybe. Must be. Yeah. So I looked that up, and I, I could not find very That's many things. So I had to come up with things on my own. But yes, it's all it's all a very a very odd game. But yeah, I know that that's that's a, a hallmark Harrison bruh moment in in at least my recent memory. Um, but now I'm gonna you know what that's a little bit about us. But I got the ball in my hands and I'm a, I'm gonna give Harrison a little bounce pass uh, into his his past if he's if he's vibing with it. That if he has any goofy stories he'd like to tell us, you know me. I've talked about it before. I got different poop stories. I got different blunders of my past. Everyone's got their their silly stories. And if Harrison, if you are a dry well, I understand. But now is the time. If you got any funnies from your uh, your zero to tens, perhaps, or even your middle school years, or potentially your teenage mishaps. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Harrison now. You know, uh, I'm not a dry well, but. Uh, when it comes to thinking of these things on the spot, I really am a dry <laughs> so. Well, I guess that's on me for lack of preparation. <laughs> well, no matter. I'm, I'm just the type of person I can't pull a story like, like I know I got them. I'll look at a picture and I'm like, oh yeah. I see. I, I can't. He's a prompt guy. I understand that. I'm a that. prompt guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any, any holstered. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I will say... Uh, if there's any, it's probably the... Buns. Yeah, I mean, that's just the one that comes to mind first, you know? I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, you know what? Here. Here's one for you. Uh, Harrison's been to Australia, and he went there for quite some time. Um, and he's been, like, uh, like Hot Wing... What, what's the Hot Ones interviewed, in a sense, at ACF? Um, but I was not there for that, so I know very little about his experience in the uh, Aussie land. Um, so, potentially, he can tell us a little bit about what he did there and why he was there and anything to do with that. Uh, yeah, so I went to Australia as part of a, a global ministry fellowship kind of thing. Uh, it was something I've wanted to do for a while, but I was pretty much like, I, I, I don't think I can fit this into my schedule. And then uh, one of the interns who's still here, Sydney, she's just like, just whoop and do it. 
<laughs> oh, just freaking do it. So I was, I she's like, you, yeah, she's just like, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, just do it. And I was like, oh, you know, that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. You really, you, got me my, there. you really turned my mind around on this one, Sydney. So I was like, you know what? I need to travel. Uh, I get, it's just going to be a good experience. So, I mean, why shouldn't I go? Yeah. This, this is probably the best time in my life to do it. So I went. Um, right off the bat, pretty much connected easily with everyone. It was it didn't even feel like I was in a different country. It was, if wow. anything, I just felt like I was in a different state I hadn't been before. Wow. It was pretty wild. Um, it was a lot of fun. The things I will say, I will talk some smack about Australia. Uh, their pizza is terrible. Oh. Far from Italy, I guess. Far from Italy. It's, it's literally terrible. Like, big enough a reason to not move there. Wow. And their beer is also terrible. And that's your 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 big takeaway. <laughs> that's not my big takeaways, but you know, it's it's one of those things that come to mind. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I'll say some good things about Austria. Okay, <laughs> you know, maybe that'd be nice. Uh, they have really beautiful cities. Uh, they're just really clean. Oh, yeah. There are some really big cities that are really cool here. That you know, like Seattle or Atlanta. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm just roasting geography Maybe. right now. Yeah, it's going to roast the big cities. <laughs> Are they dirty? Or but they're... Seattle was pretty gross. Oh, okay. I'm not going to lie. It had cool places. Pike Place, pretty awesome. Pike Place Market, whatever it's called. But uh, it's it's just a pretty dirty place. And I've been to Sydney. And that's probably my favorite city I've ever been to. It's really? just It's just clean. It's beautiful. There's stuff to do. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I really haven't been out of the country except for just a, a few occasions. But I think Australia would be uh, would be pretty neat to visit. And, you know, I mean, I wouldn't stay there really, but I think it'd be cool to, you know, at least see. Uh, do you think you developed a bit of an accent at the end or is that just... Uh... I don't think so. But I would say that for the South. Every time I go back to Iowa, people tell me I have a Southern accent. Really? Yeah. yeah for so, so that's interesting. So, you know, Harrison, you haven't been in Auburn for too long since the break now. But, um, yeah, everyone listening right now, I, I guess you can all hear Harrison's thick southern accent he's developed because, oh, boy, I sure can. That was sarcasm. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> um, so I guess going off of that, um, I, I have family from Iowa, and I've heard that it's a lot about, a lot about corn. Is, is, it, is it very corn-oriented? Corn we are very corn-oriented. We are the number one producer of corn, soy... Uh, pork and poultry in the entire country. Yep. So I don't know if you know about Iowa, but they're kind of a big deal, apparently. Given us, we are. This... Look on the back of anything. Look on the back of anything you're eating. It'll say corn syrup, corn starch, straight, something straight of the sort. Of Soy. You know. Straight you're welcome. Out of Iowa. Um, so yeah, Harrison. Actually... One third of the country's uh, pork. One third. <laughs> Let it be known. Every three. Your third strip of bacon you eat, that one's from Iowa. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know. See, Iowa's not that big in my brain. You know, like, it doesn't seem like it's a It's very... probably the same, like, size as Alabama. Not population, but, like, I mean, size. I mean, even still, like, Alabama is not that big of yeah, a location. But... I don't Every third bacon strip I eat, that's kind of nuts, man. Especially considering a lot of that isn't even real pig. 
But I guess that's a a testament to to bacon or something. You know what? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anyway. Oh, here's... Okay. Here's a funny memory that Harrison and I share. So, um, ACF has an open mic night. Uh-huh. That's a historically very fun time. And an open mic night, it's not like your, your like comedy open mic night. It's like anything open mic night. Like if you have anything goes. Like it's like a talent no talent kind of show. Like you can go up there with anything you want. We've had clowns go up there with PowerPoint presentations. Um, you know, people will sing, obviously that's a big that's a big hitter. Uh, I went up there and I did card tricks. Have you ever in the, in previous open mic nights have have you put on an act? I have. Um but I've kind of had a revitalization with that. Where oh, it's yeah. like, I want to be Mr. Open Mic Night. Open Mic Night. It's like, I want to be like, ooh, what's Harrison doing this year? Oh, you want to be the guy. I want to be the guy. So, like, previously, I think there may have only been one Open Mic Night where I actually did something. Um, and it, it, was, it was a hit. We reenacted a YouTube video. Uh, that was really weird. What was the video? I'm trying to remember. It's uh, some, <laughs> I think it's called Melicia Bell. <laughs> and she, she's like a fifth grader and she's reading at a talent show or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like fan fiction about her and Ashton Kutcher making out. Uh, and it's just like really <laughs> weird. So we had someone like play her part. Then me and uh, Brandon were acting out Ashton Kutcher in a other guy or and her mm, that's very nice what what, what did it's, y'all end up doing like what what actions did you do to each other uh there we slow danced nice um uh, you know we just kind of like mouthed the dialogue you didn't give any, each you other gave those swerves you didn't give each other those little, sm- little smooches you didn't give each uh, other. I, we, we, we did the fake thing i think where oh. you put your you grab them by the cheeks but keep your lip keep your thumbs between your lips oh i see so it's that's like, cute yeah I, we, we may have done that we probably did uh, well uh that was a good one that yeah was a good it's it's it sounds insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um historically open mic night i've only ever really been to i think one or two including the one that i'm really about to talk about um but for the most recent one uh, during our, our covid crazy times harrison and i were the mcs of the ordeal and i gotta say i look on it very fondly but i'll tell you it was a lot of work for one day yeah, like, <laughs> well, that's really i was really stressed about it yeah I, I yeah i mean i wasn't incredibly like tweaked about it but i will say like it, it was like busy 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 because like you know you can look like I'm not, I'm not a big event planner but like you can look on the outside of a lot of events and you can think oh i can do that mm-hmm. that looks pretty easy like how could it take so long all you got to do is you got to tell people the time to get here and you got to set out the food and they, like for different events, but like there's a lot of crap that has to go into stuff, and I think I really really recognize that um, our most recent time, because I think they they wanted us to to there was only like ten events, I think or something like that a, a small number, and so they were having us do our own little you know audience participation things. It wasn't every single one, but we did a whole bunch of them, and so uh, for I think um, four or five of those little breaks, Harrison and I uh, broke out into two different characters. And we had a whole dialogue, monologue. We had a journey. And I don't even know if, did we end up, it wasn't battling for the soul of ACF. I think that was in That's the... That's a bit dramatic, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, that was in the works, but I don't think that was our, our final draft. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, pretty much, we at the start of this show, we promised there was going to be nothing crazy. There was going to be no costume changes, no overarching themes. What could go wrong, you know? Uh, but subtly and surely, as we as the night went on, uh, eyeshadow got added into the mix. Glitter gradually just evolving into these characters. And I think it it really became some method acting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was it was, you know, where where is the balance between uh edginess and keeping it clean? <laughs> where does it meet in the middle? I don't know. Honestly I don't really know. <laughs> we just kinda we just kinda Disney channeled the thing. Yeah, so so basically, um we're big always sunny in Philadelphia fans. Um and and so our, our beginning thing was from the very beginning of the show, we kinda introduced the whole thing and then we were like, We promise nothing weird is going to happen and like you know, we did the whole works mm-hmm. and then um once I think you said like what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Title card. Yeah. And then it was a whole elongated thing about Harrison and Caleb have a philosophical battle <laughs> that will it end their friendship? It was it was a lot of text. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was it was really kind of cheesy. And we played the Always Sunny, like you know how they do the title cards. We played that song and we put it in that font, and it was it was funny. And it was so, really good. It was a hit. Yes, and uh, I think kind of as the as the as the show went on, uh, I was the edgy boy. I was like, you know, Harrison, I think these acts are really really good, but I think they could be a little bit more edgy. And then I was the John Cena, Superman, superhero Disney character, <laughs> where I was like, no, uh, this is clean. We gotta keep things clean. And uh, so we, and, and at that point, I don't think either of us had, had changed at all. But I think eventually what, what had happened was, is I may have changed into some sweat pantaloons and a dark shirt. And then we kind of had a, and I think you may have changed and we had a little similar talk. And um, for the, the big the big finish, I was decked out in eyeshadow and I had crap in my hair, slicking it back. And I was the nightman and harrison came out in a little bit different of a garb being a clean man and I'll, uh, <laughs> he was day man i i know i i, I know I'm, I'm i'm cheesing him a little bit but yeah harrison was day man and i don't i don't even know your whole process of, of your costume change I know it was during during an event or act or whatever. Yeah, I didn't act where I was dressed up as a mouse, but under my mouse I had my Dayman gear on. Oh. So I just like casually walked back up to the front, took out took off my mouse mouse costume, and I was just in something completely different from what I was previously, which was gym shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. And I was just like, what? It was it was the metamorphosis of, of Dayman yeah. and Harrison, I think. And so, you know, I came out there. Um, it my, my costume change took a little bit longer because I think Harrison really had, like, glitter, sunglasses, shirt, and pant. I had, you know, shirt, pant, but, like, eyeshadow. And that takes time, you know, it's apparently. Really intricate. Eyeliner and all that. You can't get it in your eye. All that BS. So, um, yeah, uh, I think mine took a little while longer. And while Harrison was still, like, mid-act of his, his mouse trap rumble, 
<laughs> he, he had to. He, you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you ask the people, and you can present your your riddle to uh, okay. to the people. So Harrison had to stall. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's because true. I was taking time to change, and so you know what? If if anyone who knows me can please just give me the answer on this one, I'd really appreciate it. So Harrison has a, a very nice riddle for us. Do you so, have a Do you have a way they can leave comments for this? I no. They just have to find me and, and tell me outright. Okay. Uh. So. I'll try and give you the condensed version. Uh, so there's this gorilla, and he's new in town. This gorilla has traveled for a bit, and he just really wants to find a place where he can get a drink. So he's looking around, and he finds a bar. He walks into the bar, and uh, immediately the bartender is giving him dirty looks. Uh, the gorilla is not deterred by this, so he walks up to the bartender and says... Can I have a pint? And then the bartender, he didn't really want the gorilla's business, so uh, he was going to charge him up a bit. So he said, $12. So the gorilla's like, hmm, that's a pretty steep price to pay for only 16 ounces or whatever a pint is. <laughs> and But he, he obliged. And he uh, goes to sit at his. He goes to sit wherever he wants at a booth or something, not important to the riddle. And he he drinks his beer. Bartender's still giving him dirty looks, and uh, they make eye contact. So then the gorilla finishes his beer. He goes back up to the bartender. And uh, he said, "I notice you've been giving me dirty looks this entire night." And the bartender was like. Yeah, well, we just don't get a lot of your kind around here. Then the gorilla said, Well, I see why. Your prices are insane. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking, What's the riddle? And I will tell you right now, that is a very valid and common thought surrounding many people's brains after they heard this quote-unquote riddle. So, yes, uh, I, I assume it's one of those uh, convergent thinkers, maybe. What, what is that? You, gotta, like, you have to ask the, the Riddler like questions about how <laughs> you got there. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so for anyone that can answer this riddle, uh, somehow reach out to me and tell me. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, Harrison wants to know if anyone can dig up the answer. I think someone has either gotten really close or they have solved it. Yes, so, uh, yeah, so that'll be an exciting thing, but, um, yes, so after, after, so you heard how long that was, and that was the condensed version, and so, luckily, I had enough time to skip on out there, and, um, uh, and, and get back to the performance, and, I, and I'll say, uh, we kind of had that kind of contingency plan mapped out, where I w we were like, you pretty much said, like, I'll do the riddle if I have to. And it was like it was like we both did like the TV like nod at each other. <laughs> it's <laughs> we, time. We both knew. Um, so yeah, and that that was that. And then I you know skipped on out there. Uh, we ended up having a whole musical theme, and uh, ACF superhero Crushbot came out and broke up our fight and told us that we got to find balance. It's not about being edgy or staying super tight to the rules. You know the whole kind of cat in the hat type thing. Yes, yes, a cat in the hat type thing illustrates it perfectly. Uh, so, I, more, many, many more colorful memories with the Harrison, but I think we know what time it is. It's time to speak about the late night woke thoughts. 
So uh, Harrison has kind of dished uh, out some some really interesting stuff for us, and I'm really excited to talk about it with him because I know that he has a lot to say on these topics, and it mainly regards around the entire timeline of humanity from the very dawn into the future. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pass the rock off to him. I know he he kind of wants to get into the whole idea of like cyber biology and like how far is too far when you know you can you can edit people's dna and all that kind of thing so i'm gonna let him i'm gonna let him tell tell us what he knows and then we'll get into it from there okay so you know what um we'll we'll start with the future so basically there's a lot of scary things about the future i think if you sit on it uh, something that I, I don't think is brought up on this subject, though, is how, how advanced how advanced can we get with technology before uh, we just are breaking the laws of our natural biology? Yeah. And, you know, we're doing something where it's like we can do this, but we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's good to cure disease. Like, obviously, you don't. You don't want to lose people, especially, you know, when they're at a young age. But uh, what happens when we have cured all diseases, if possible? Is it okay for people to just live forever on the earth? What what, what if we can transplant people's brains into computers and they can live on like that? Oh, I see. You know, where is the limit? Is it okay for us to change our DNA to get rid of any defects? If, it, if that's okay, is it okay to modify ourselves to become more athletic or just smarter? What kind of class, what kind of social or class divide would that create if we can start to cybernetically engineer ourselves to be better? Yeah, I mean, I think that that does definitely bring up a pretty interesting idea. Because, like, when, when you think about, like, who would get cybernetically enhanced? It's going to be the people with the moolah. Mm-hmm. And so... You're right. What what kind of divide does does that make? And you know, um, I know you, you had a conversation with someone, and y'all pretty much said like uh, humanity cannot physically make something smarter than itself. I know that is, is that is that your personal take, or how do you how do you feel about that? You know, I it's one of those things where it's like you know I, I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on this. I could be swayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of, I kind of stand with that. I don't think you can make something smarter than yourself. And here's why. How, how can you teach a program or a computer something that isn't already known? Yeah. Okay. I, so I see that. So I think that, um, when I, when I look at that kind of prompt or that kind of idea, my brain immediately goes to like, well, a computer that we have created like has so much information it may not be it may not have more information than like we do per se but it definitely can store more and can have more readily available and can so does that make it more intelligent i think so what is define intelligence then well i would ask you to do the same thing i think for me intelligence is the ability to uh, be able to learn quickly, and I think it's the ability to store information quickly, and I think it's the ability to recall information quickly, and I don't know. I think those are the kind of the big three, the three heads. It's that recollection, 
um, absorption and um, storage. I guess I don't even know. It's it's the it's the the getting, the keeping, and the using. And I think that uh, computers do that a heck of a lot better than humans do. So if we made a computer person that was you know just like us, because people have people have you know kind of theorized and thought like, well, our brains are just a series of electrical impulses. So <laughs> theoretically, we can make a computer just like our brain, or we can make a robot that <clears throat> acts really similar to our brain in the synapses and all that. And I think that's kind of tweaked because like you can't give a soul to a computer. And I know that kind of gets into that gets into like a tier above the physical and gets to the you know the the spiritual, I guess. But um, yes, I think for my definition of it, like intelligence, it, it would it, it would bar and, and hold right up to what a computer does and can do in the future. Okay, so uh, so I think it's, it's safe to say that a computer can multiply 636 times 27 faster than you can. Yes. Does that make it smarter than you? I think to an extent it does. To an extent. What kind of extent? I think that by my, um, by my definition, I guess, I guess process is also a part of intelligence. The, the faster you can process something and like understand it. Like I think like it's, it's got, does it understand it or is it, a, or is it programmed? Well, I mean, same. I mean, well, I would say the same thing with us in that case then, because like, you know, how far do we understand numbers? Like what is a number? You know, like, how, like show me, show me two, show me two. You can put two fingers up, but show me two. At the end of the day, I mean, a lot of things are kind of just up in the air, and we may not like, you know, a lot of stuff is pretty metaphysical and intangible, you know, like. So how can a com- com- computer understand that? Yet again, it was. I, I think it was. It was programmed where it may not. It's understanding. So it has to be taught. Sure. Yeah. Just like I mean, so do we. Like intelligent mm-hmm. people have to be taught as well. That's true. So that's that's kind of where my stance on it. And I mean, I'm not dying. So because it can store information, it's it's smarter. I think it can store, it can recall, and it can process faster. So that's but that can it know? Can we know? Oh, <laughs> listen here. So I realize we're getting into these these dumb, <laughs> stupid-ended questions of of like questioning existence. And you know, and we're probably not the best people to have this not. conversation. Honestly, there's, there's a picture of um, it's like a Today Show, and it's like a, a lady and a guy, and they're all dressed up, and then there's just a orangutan, just a little monkey <laughs> sitting right next to him. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. I feel like monkey talking to Harrison right now about feel, this. Oh, I'm. It's probably two monkeys talking to each other. Really. Pretty, yeah, I, I, think, think I think it's more akin to uh, two dogs playing poker. Yes. Yes. Okay. I feel it. I vibe with it. I vibe with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the main leg up that we have over, um, computers is, is like, we have the balance of emotion and reason. And I think that you can really program a computer to reason and do logical functions. I mean, that's, you know, all they do. They know, they know no emotion. That's like nothing they've been programmed to, you know, uh, engage or initiate or do anything like that. So, I don't know. It, it really does depend on what you call intelligence and whether or not a person can make something smarter than itself. So, you know, I don't know. I think with that, you got to call it what you want. I know, I mean, that's that's my mm-hmm. opinion. I know you said you were 50-50. So, like, what, what would you say that intelligence would mean to you then? You know, it's it's interesting. And 
in, in my biology background, uh, that's that's a big debate too, because uh, you you think where where does instinct play into intelligence? Okay. You know, it, it seems obvious at first, but it's when you try to pinpoint it, it's when you try to define it, that's when you're kind of like, well, I don't know if I really have precise answer to that. Mm-hmm. But um, there are animals on this planet called living fossils. So if you're a living fossil, you've existed for millions of years, biologically unchanged. If you went back five million years and picked up a nautilus for example and brought it to the future and picked up a nautilus they would literally look the exact same Hmm. Uh, but then you have animals like dolphins which if you went back millions of years picked up what was once a dolphin and then picked up a dolphin from today they would look very different yeah they would have noses they would have legs uh so where i'm going with that is what what is more intelligent something that can instinctually survive doing the exact same thing for millions of years or what what do you think is more intelligent a nautilus or a dolphin i think intelligence in that case is relative to the species i think that a dolphin would be more intelligent than a nautilus because i think that i'm more intelligent than a dog and i think i'm more intelligent than a dolphin and that's because i'm using my own idea of intelligence and i can i can comprehend so what order of thinking does intelligence come from what order of thinking what do you mean yeah well, so you wouldn't think your natural instincts are a measure of intelligence. I would think that that's an. Inter- I mean, that is an interesting point because I feel like natural instinct. Is it smart if I can just punch a computer till it breaks and it won't do anything? Does that make the computer? So well, I would say. Smart. I would if say if I started punching you, you would do something. You would preserve yourself. Yeah, but I, I isn't think... that kind of stupid for a computer to not defend itself? Uh, well, okay. So with that, I'm just I'm just poking your brain here. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand the brain probe right now, and so I I would have a response to that, and I think that intelligence is not relative, but instincts definitely are, because I think that you know every living thing um, definitely has an instinctual thing, or at least to an extent. Maybe not a plant. A plant may not have. Well, a plant technically would. Maybe not to aggression, but like. It knows that when the sun when the sun go across the sky, turn toward the sun, and when rain come on the plant, plant eat and grow. <laughs> so, uh, and so I think that you know that may be instinctual for the plant, and you know I, I think instincts kind of exist outside the range of intelligence, you know, and so I don't know if that's any. It doesn't have anything to do with the brain. I wouldn't say it doesn't have anything to do with the brain. I think it doesn't have anything to do with with smartness or intelligence. So I think it definitely has something to do with the brain. Brain is much more than intelligence and smartness, I think. So yeah. is intelligence... Okay, let's think about the evolution of the brain. Which is probably another subject I'm not qualified to talk about. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, and I, I will say, when it comes to... Uh, this is a little bit of disclaimer, at least about me. I don't know about Harrison. Um, I'm, I'm no bio major. I'm no science major. But I have... I've studied geology, and I've looked into all that. And I think it's of utmost importance to look at something and create your own conclusion for yourself and what you believe. And you ought to consider that um, idea that you have, and it ought to be... You ought to rethink it a lot. So you can always fine-tune it, and you're never complacent in your ideas. I think that's just a smart thing to do for anything. With any opinion you have, you always have to reevaluate. So, I will say, 
I don't really know how old the earth is. I think that, I mean, I am a Christian. I've talked about that many, time before, many times before. And I will say that could God have made the earth in seven days and we think it looks like millions of years? Yes. Could God have made the earth in seven days and then let it sit and then put the flood on us? He, God, point being, God could have done whatever he wanted in whatever time frame he wanted. I think that at the end of the day, that's what it all falls down to. And I have, the, I have that belief for my own reasons, and that's a whole other topic for itself. But um, I talked about this with Harrison before, about speaking about evolution. I'm really not qualified to talk about it. But what I do know is, is if evolution is legit and what the scientists say is 100% true and all right, then great. We nailed it. But if it's wrong, then it's like talking about Star Wars. We can still talk about it and have a good time, but it didn't happen. So either way you spin it, it's okay. So... Let's talk about the evolution of the brain, something I have no idea about, but Harrison probably has a much better idea about the whole thing. Okay, so, so I want to preface by saying uh, I'm talking out of my ass for a lot of this so far. <laughs> um, but I think it raises interesting points. Uh, so on the subject of the evolution of the brain, it starts. it starts with the... You know, I don't know the parts, and I'm not going to pretend I do. Paint me a I, I do at some point. Yeah. I did at some point, which is what made me think of this. But, you know, you start with the brain stem, and you kind of start with your instinctual stuff first. That's like the first part, if you look on the evolutionary tree, that even just for humans, the first part that develops. So you start building your instinctual things, your amygdala, your fight-or-flight responses, the parts that just, it's, it's like your immediate biology, then it goes up to instincts and thoughts, and then it's, I think it's your, it's the front part of your brain that is mostly involved with the higher order of thinking that I think you're defining as intelligence. Mm -hmm. So with, with that being said, where, where do you think, okay, from this point in development, that's where, that's where intelligence starts. I mean, I would think that, consistent with my other ideas, it would be there toward the end. I think that intelligence is not a measure of the entire brain as itself. I think intelligence could just be a measure of a certain part of the brain, maybe. And that would be there toward the end, or there are like certain... What is it measuring? What is it, well, okay, well, I think that it measures... Um, I think the same factors I, I talked about before. I don't know where in the brain it lies, but the absorption, recollection and storage of information. So intelligence is problem solving. No, more than problem solving. It's, I think it's, I mean, probably, yeah, it's process as well. But it's more than just problem solving. In a, in a broad sense, problem solving. I don't just mean six plus six. Uh, no, I mean, I don't even think in a broad sense it's limited to problem solving. I think it's, it's the ability to learn, the ability to apply, and the ability to reason. The, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of things for my money. Okay, so I think you can't really boil down intelligence. Like, I've tried to boil it down. You've tried to ask me questions <laughs> to boil it, to make me boil it down. And I don't know, man. For, for my money, I'm not thinking you really can. I think you're right. You said when you try to pinpoint intelligence, it's a, it's a point of contention, maybe in the scientific community. But, yeah, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be hard-pressed. You're going to have a hard time <laughs> trying, to, trying to really block down what intelligence means, you know? So that's me, man. I don't know. I mean, you brought up the evolution of the brain, so like, what? where do you think intelligence begins? Well, you know, as I said earlier, 
I really don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, let, let's. I'm. I'm gonna throw you another uh, brain question here. Okay. It's a brain scratcher. What is that? What brain? I feel uh, like that's not the word for it. I don't know what it is. So let's talk about blue whales. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're keeping track of our conversation, we're talking about robo, robo biology, uh, evolution of the brain, and whales, orcas, in specific. So, uh, I said blue whales. Well, she's different. Well, you know what? Uh, all the same. To and orcas are actually dolphins, not whales. You know what? So, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna note this down for future Caleb. Uh, don't talk about marine animals with marine biologists just don't generalize them okay (laughs) (laughs) they don't like that okay Um, so let's talk about blue whales not orcas well you know we we can't talk about orcas so same i'm going for the same concept here okay um so when they're migrating for food and reproduction purposes they just know where to go you can put them in the ocean they they don't have to be you don't have to install a program like a computer. They just know, hey, this is the way for food. During during the winter, we're going here for food. During the summer, we're going back here to bang. They just know that. Mm-hmm. Now let's throw you in the water, Caleb. Say you can breathe underwater. How do you know where to go? Well, is an orca smarter than you in that sense? Well, if an orca got thrown on land, where would it go? That's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think that you can, you, can, you you draw the similarity there. I, I'm, I'm talking about instincts here. I don't have the same instincts as a orc or a blue whale. Does that make you less smart? No. Why? I, I think that... In, uh, I think it, knows what, it knows what to do. Yes, but I think that it's... That's how to solve that problem. Yes. I, I mean, I don't think it does. It's limited to problem solving. I think that that is instinct. That is not um, the, the reasoning involved. They, for, for me to be thrown into the ocean, I would probably go back from whence the boat I came... Whence. I would go. I would probably want to go back on land because that is where I know I will thrive as as a <laughs> okay. human person. So I don't know. I mean, that's kind that, of okay. The, for, for, forget about the ocean thing. <laughs> I'm just saying they just know where to go. They know where to get food. They know how to survive. Yeah, they know how to if, survive. If we just threw you in the wild naked, would you know what to do? You know where to go? I think I would. A have, lot of animals would know where to go. I would have to figure it out with reason, and I think that's we have. That makes you smarter. I think 100%. Yeah, I think that... What um, if you die in eight hours? Does then, that, then does that was, prove you're dumber? Then I, I reasoned poorly. And I, <laughs> I, was, I was not equipped with the same instincts of the different species of the jungle. Different animals in the jungle die within eight hours. Some oh, live for... Point. you know I don't even know how long it depends on the animal, but some can live for multiple years. Some live for a couple minutes. You know? And you can be... And I think when you, when you look at um, the community sense of humans now, like... If you have, uh, you know, a, a baby and it's not doing so hot, there we we tend to want to care for each other even though we may not have a relationship with the other, and we're like, okay, we're gonna do whatever this can to keep this baby alive. In the wild, it doesn't operate like that. If a turtle can't make it to the ocean, they're gonna get eaten. That's true. That's just the way it is. It's natural selection, baby. I suppose so. And I think you know, as humans, we don't really have that as much anymore. You know, like that's true. People people die doing stupid stuff, but like. People do stupid stuff, and then people help them. And then they're like, okay, we'll, we'll make you better. You're okay. <laughs> okay now. And it's like, hmm. And those people will reproduce. And, and they definitely have. Those people have reproduced. That's true. We have, we have removed uh, natural selection from 
the entire equation of things, especially with humans. I would say. And yes. I think that yes, like, with humans, yes, specifically I, humans. And I think also when you look at um, the whole idea of natural selection with animals, like we've kind of screwed it up too. Like, you know, the smartest raccoon may know exactly <laughs> like the right garbage can to get food from, but they may die running across the street. Because, you know, maybe they weren't expecting it. Maybe it wasn't a part of their, you know, normal function raccoon brain. It wasn't a part of that equation. They could have been the, 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 the fastest and the strongest, but they made a mistake and it cost them. And it was a mistake outside their natural instinct, you know? So I don't know, man. I don't know. You call it what you want. I think that, and I think that, I mean, that opens up the can bigger for me. Because we're starting to frick with animals' instincts, too. You know? Like, uh, does it, you can tell me this. But I know that uh, whales make noises. Mm-hmm. Do do any ships train? Do, do any ship noises interfere with that? Maybe a tra- maybe a oh, horn. Oh yeah, yeah. Ship, that's actually a huge issue. Noise pollution in the ocean. I did not even know that. That was just shooting from the hip. So tell me about noise pollution then, because I think that's really interesting. Uh, well, we got a lot of ships, all sorts of ships, just uh, blowing through the ocean, and the noises it makes is it's something around the equivalent of screaming in your eardrum. Mm. And uh, I, I don't really know the specifics of it, but... You know it's a thing. It, I know it's a problem. Okay. That well, is like, how... Well, how the... F- do you solve that? Yeah. Like, you can't just stop all these ships from transporting whatever goods or needs. Yeah. But, you know, you're really... Like, it's it's like some serious damage to a lot of these creatures. Yeah, and I'll say, uh, I think it was Greta, Greta Thunberg talked about it. She was saying that... Um, Humans treat the earth like it's a candy store and they can pick out whatever they want. And I was like, I mean, you know, she's political herself, I think. I don't even know. But um, I thought, yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting because, like, you look at the way we've treated the earth as a whole. Oh, that's true. I mean, like like you're saying, like, we can't stop that. And you're like, well, it's, why can't we stop it? Well, it's because it's a part of who we are now. We've just become thus, so de- so dependent on... Does that know. make it okay, though? Oh, definitely not. I don't yeah. think it's okay. I think that, like, it, it's... It's not really, it's not good. We could do without it. It would make our lives harder, probably, because, you know, it's it's easy to get stuff from China. It's easy to get mm-hmm. stuff from Brazil. But, like, you know. You know, really in the tough. long run, though, what's harder? Oh, I mean, I've, I've actually thought about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've had a conversation with a guy in the past uh, in, like, the economic realm with that. Because I think if you look at, um, especially during our, our previous pandemic, if you look at a lot of these large co- companies who, like like Amazon, maybe, who are getting like um, you know tax breaks in their different locations, and so and it's kind of that's kind of cattywampus right there. Like they're paying lower taxes than the, the common business because they mm-hmm. they shook out a deal with wherever they are, and um, and I would think that it's kind of ironic that these really huge businesses get rewarded and small businesses get like punished. I think that. Um, the, the the government and the economy should somehow should should somehow incentivize and help the smaller guys, and probably be a little bit tighter on the big guys. Because you know, the guy I was talking to talked about the the trust busting laws. I haven't looked into that really that much myself. And you know, like you can't have a monopoly anymore. We figured that out. <laughs> but, Damn it. <laughs> but that I mean that's that's. The, the whole the whole cheese there is I think like he, he said that, like he already thinks that there already is stuff in place but I would think that like in the long run we're kind of freaking ourselves you know what I'm saying we are like with these with these big fellas taking over you know uh, but yeah. we need them and we use them every single day so it's like where do we draw the line how can we stop 
And I think even this, even going a step further from that, if you look at, um, like, I know Biden is planning on forgiving student loan. Uh, everybody who hadn't paid it. And, like, then there's two different sides to that because it's, like, a student loan debt crippling America? Sure. <laughs> but is it the right move to completely exit? Like, exit all, you know? Mm, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I know I've gone off on my own little little business brain economic mm -hmm. spiel, but going back to the whole instinct in animals, <laughs> well, where did, where... I actually got. I think I have something interesting to kind of. Oh, okay. Well, if you got something, something well. to top on that, kind of on your, uh, you know, where where do you draw the line from people? So you you said small businesses, which is like maybe not even. Yeah, small businesses, and it's like, well, it's kind of, these big guys are getting away with it, and it, but at the same time, it's freaking over the small people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is actually a really interesting issue um, in the Gulf of Mexico. So, in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, people are finding dolphins, this isn't in mass or anything before you panic. But people are finding dolphins with gunshot wounds washed up dead on the shore. Uh, screwdrivers stuck in dolphins' blowholes. Uh, and just numerous other wounds in the eyes. Hmm. And just <laughs> bullet holes <laughs> in these dolphins. And you're like, who the hell would... What kind of like piece of shit just like murders dolphins? Is there like a gang killing dolphins is there a serial killer for dolphins you know what, 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 what i'm thinking i'm thinking if you got yeah what, what are you thinking dolphin, why, why would someone shoot a dolphin i think that screwdriver like screwdrivers in their blowholes like would that would that be going in or trying to come out going in okay yeah, that makes sense then yeah no i don't know man that's weird why is that happening so it's yeah that's the thing it's like this is like horrendous yeah uh but we, we find out the issue is that um, dolphins have become so accustomed to following boats for their fish, fishing boats, mm -hmm. ones that take out the huge trawl nets. Yeah. And then they come up with like a ton of fish. Uh, and, and there's kind of a lot of reasons dolphins are following these boats. Some that are kind of inevitable, some that are brought on by humans feeding wild animals. But these dolphins chase these boats and rip holes in the nets mm. and taking these, at least in these cases in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, not financially well-off people who live off uh, bringing in these hauls. Yeah, that's their income. Yeah, that's their income. So are they going to choose between feeding their family or shooting this dolphin that's costing them hundreds of dollars in gear and then just income to put food on the table for their families? Mm. I think and that's... it's like, wow, suddenly this horrendous, obvious issue, it's now it's a lot more complicated. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that's, I mean, I think that's really fascinating. And I think it almost portrays like a, you know, a, a kind of a microcosm almost because like you have this trade off of, you know, like morality. Like you don't want to kill the dolphin. Yeah, right? you can't just shoot a dolphin. Yeah, like they're part of the ecosystem, man. Yeah. But like yeah, and then here again, like these people need to do what they can to survive. Mm -hmm. And so it's like wow, like would I 
let a dolphin yeah i mean do this? The thing. it's like would you would you if it's between the dolphin or my family like yeah what? man that's that's just it i don't know that's that is a certified mind freak i think man i don't know i mean like and, and also i think that you could have an opinion one way or the other about that but i think that at the end of the day like there needs to be a solution with that oh yeah and you, yeah and like what can you do you know like how can you i mean like i think that you got to help the families and maybe find a more efficient way to fish or because you can't like not you can't un you can't train these dolphins otherwise mm-hmm. which is why i think they're probably less intelligent than us <laughs> going back to that you don't think <laughs> dolphins are trainable hmm? i think well i think they're trainable but i think you can't well could can you train all the wild dolphins that are they've already trained themselves they become accustomed to that kind of how can you veer them off like could you veer them off of the of them i mean the you could maybe like in mass like no, <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you're supposed to round up every dolphin exactly. for a meeting. Exactly. So I <laughs> like, think, hey, you can't do this. Well, anymore. so in that case, I think the burden would fall on us as people. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. So it's definitely our problem to solve. <laughs> so I, I think that the the problem couldn't be solved with anything to do with the dolphins. I think it would be on us. But like, that's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. That's kind of fricked. But, holy. I did not know that that was a that was a thing that was happening. It's an issue, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, well, I guess I mean that. What what you know what I think at the end of the day the big question for the podcast is is what can we do? And I think <laughs> what can you we can vibe. You and me, we can vibe for the most part, and then when things are in our power, we can try to do the best we can. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like. I felt this a lot with the corona thing. It's you can it's almost useless to get worked up and annoyed with other people that like like the whole uh this is like let's be real, this is gonna happen at any col- at college that won the national championship. But there's like the people flooding the streets in Tuscaloosa and it's like you can clearly see like people aren't wearing masks. Yeah, like nobody You're not supposed to do that. But it's like like what the hell am I supposed to do exactly. about these people? So at the end of the day, it's like, it, it, it's almost like, do, at least do what you can do. Yeah, and I know I'm, I, this is getting a little too big for my britches for this particular podcast episode, but um, it's a big stoic thing to think about, um, like, what you can and can't control. And I mean, I read something about it today that it was pretty much saying that, like, you really don't control anything except your judgments and like what you think about certain things, because like even you may not you. This is gonna get a little kind of fishy, but you may not you don't even control your body a hundred percent. Like you can't really control whether or not a disease you should wake up you. and it just strikes you. Like you, you can't all the way control that, and because there there are things that you have to do and you have to get in contact with, and so every the only one thing that you are a hundred percent sure on is like you know. That you can, how 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 can you judge a situation? How can you reason a situation out? And so I think that when you look at, you know, the the whole thing in Tuscaloosa, I can say, well, I think that I can't really do anything. I'm not gonna really tell any of my friends that I knew down there, like, well, you shouldn't be doing that. You should have stayed at home because they don't care. They're gonna do their thing. I can't control them. I can control mm-hmm. myself. I can control what I can do, and how. Maybe I can react to whatever I face in the day, you know. So that I mean that that gets me through some things, you know. But uh, yeah, 
That's that's my that's my whole mantra, little, little <laughs> moral of the story from from Caleb there at the end. Um, so I think that it uh, we we are reaching the supposed time. <laughs> that so, wasn't even supposed to be the subject. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, not yeah. We we and that, I mean that's the point of the podcast. At the end of the day, it's about having those fun conversations uh, with the people you hold dearest, and uh, you know enjoying that and going through the process with that. So. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let Harrison give any closing thoughts, words, mantras, jokes, anything like that, and then I'm going to close this out for good. So, uh, yeah, Harrison, say what you say what you want to say. Uh, well, you know what? Um, you know? <laughs> the uh, Life's a joke. <laughs> the last laugh is on you, man. So... Uh... <laughs> You can take that in a really depressing way, or you can uh, take that as a, you know what, life is a joke. So, may as well laugh. Uh, that jo- sounded too Jokerish. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Joker 2, <laughs> starring <laughs> Harrison. Uh, uh, my point being, my final statement will be a story, okay? Okay. This, I'm, is, I'm, this, this, was, kinda, this was kind of a life-changing story for me, actually. Oh, oh, boy. Maybe not changing, but it was kind of like, I'm... I'm it altered your life in a certain it, way. It's it, like, it okay, this is this is how I want to be. Okay. Uh, so it was a celebration of life uh, for my grandpa a couple years ago. And his biggest regret was that he outlived all his friends. That like, was his biggest regret? Yeah. Okay. He just because, well, I mean, he was, he was like so loved with his friends. He okay. just had a really great life. Uh, and... He just stayed alive, like, <laughs> too long after his friends, I guess. In a beloved way, like, you know, he just loves his friends. He wants to be around people and have fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, one of his friends who was still alive was at the celebration. And he was talking about a time they went fishing in Argentina together. Hmm. Uh, so, they're fishing on this boat in the middle of a river with their tour guide that doesn't speak great English. And they're just fishing all casual. Then the guy starts freaking out all of a sudden. The Argent, the Argentine. Ar- yeah, the the guide, the boat driver. And he's like, "Go, go down to the. Uh, you got to go to the uh, bowels <laughs> of the ship. You got to get under the deck." Mm. And they're just like, "Why? What's happening?" And they look down the river and they see, just like a black cloud coming towards them, oh, man. like on the river. And then the guy starts shouting, "Bees! Bees!" so it's like this huge mass it's like a plague amount it's like a plagueish swarm of a biblical swarm of bees coming towards them so they have to go under the deck in the boat and just like seek shelter and they can just hear them buzzing above their heads and they're just waiting for it to be over and the tour guide is freaking out my grandpa's friend is freaking out but my grandpa's just laughing. And the and his friend Charlie is just like, we are supposed to be fishing right now. And we are <laughs> hiding in a boat. And there are millions of bees swarming above our head. <laughs> what is so funny? And then my grandpa just says, we're fishing... <laughs> We're supposed to be fishing on a boat in Argentina, and a million of millions of bees are swarming above our head. Wow! So we just ran it back. We said exactly what he said. 
So it's like, you know, like, life is funny. Yeah, man, it's that frame of mind. It's how you look at it. Yeah, man, I think absurdism, that's the, the, big, that's the big kicker right there. I'm here to tell you right now. Man, you should have told that story earlier. I think that's really cool. That would have been a fun thing to talk about. Well, if there ever is a Harrison II electric boogaloo, <laughs> uh, it, it definitely expect the, the fishing bees story. I think that's, that is really funny, and I think that that's definitely something neat to explore. So uh, if that's your, your, your big your big end of the podcast story, uh, then I'll go ahead and uh, close this out. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. It's all been a, a great joy and time talking to Harrison in this episode. And uh, again, if any of you uh, mulling over that riddle want to reach <laughs> out to me and let me know, I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear your take and your answer on uh, that whole catastrophe. So, uh, yes, thank you again. Uh, it is about that time, and I will be excited to speak with you all next time. Goodbye! So we're back for round two, and Harrison has informed me that he has a wealth of knowledge on a topic that we did not even talk I about. I previously informed him about this. Yes, he previously informed me, but I thought that entire back end of that uh, conversation earlier was uh, was it. So, so, so we had talked about, we were like, uh, I, I kind of had like two main, two main topics we could go into. The one we just talked about for an hour was my like wishy-washy one. So he's like, let's do that one first and get that out of the way. Then we can move on to the big topic you're like, you can snap on about. Yeah, the stuff that he knows. And I thought that like, he transitioned to it at a certain time, but it turned out he did not. No. So you know what? It's, it's on us both I think I can say I think that's safe to say that like we could have well was it not on you we could we could have communicated better so um, be prepared to listen. Uh, I thought to, it was implied. To okay yeah me too actually <laughs> so um, I'm gonna let Harrison go. I, I've been holding a Harrison leash this whole time and I've been doing a lot of the talking and so I'm about to drop the leash and then I'm gonna see what happens. So Harrison, talk about what. What you know? Okay, so Caleb, uh, you 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 are at the stance where uh, you're like, you know, I don't know if evolution exists. You're kind of like, you don't really know what to think about it, which I feel like implies that it cannot coexist with what we know in the Bible and what we know about God. Would you agree or disagree with that? I would disagree with that. You would disagree with that? Mm -hmm. Then why why do you feel so unsure about it? Uh, well, I think at the end of the day, um, I've talked about this actually in regards to time travel in a previous episode. <laughs> uh, so I think that God is so great outside of our understanding that nothing is outside the realm of God. And the Bible does not renounce evolution or anything regarding evolution outright. It says that he created the world and, you know, seven, seven days. Um, well, six and then one he rested, of course. So with that, my, my stance on that is that we have different types of evidence in our common world that scientists have come up with and that could be all of God's creation it could be it could be a wealth of different things but I believe that one can believe in evolution and also be a Christian and also believe that the Bible is inerrant uh, and I 100% believe that you can believe in evolution and be a Christian as I am an example of that okay and evolution is kind of my main interest in regards to biology, uh, it's just something I find really interesting. Uh, where do we start? So, 
let, 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 let's talk about Genesis, I suppose. So I kind of got a thing about the Bible where, uh, you know, the Bible is written by many different people. And each book of the Bible is written very differently from each book. You know, if you start the Bible from page one and go all the way to the end, and you're looking at it with the same mindset, you are going to be... You're going to be pretty confused. You're going to be pretty confused. You just can't do that. Some are literal letters, and some, like Genesis, is poetry. I think... So, God created the world in seven days. You know, I, I'm of the belief that this is seven days. Well, you know, as I think you said this earlier, either in the podcast or before that, that like, what is a day to God? Mm-hmm. You know, this could be any amount of time. And even then, uh, you know, humans wrote the Bible on how they've perceived events. Jesus didn't write any part of the Bible. God didn't write any part of the Bible. So, if anything, this is really just our understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and, you know, science and religion can be the two legs you walk through life with. They are not mutually exclusive at all. But if you read, the, if you read Genesis as literal, well, then it kind of splits the legs in a non-sexual way, oh. you know, because uh, I would disagree with something you said. I, evolution is proved. It's called a theory out of, uh, really, quite frankly, it's called a theory out of uh, to not get persecution from, you know, like the Bible Belt type Christians. It's kind of a theory out of sensitivity. Evolution is pretty proved. Theory is just tacked onto that. So I think you can't... So if you're of the mind of that, then they're mutually exclusive. Well, it's just kind of like, well, I don't believe in gravity either. Or I believe the sun rotates around the earth. Because even then, I think there's a story in the Bible about someone raising the sun or causing it to revolve around the earth or something. And that's just something we can literally prove that's true. And I don't believe that's like the devil playing tricks on us or anything. I don't believe like the devil buried dinosaur bones. Not that that's not me like saying you believe that, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just we, we can coexist with those ideas. And then, do you have anything to say to this real quick? No, I keep going. Okay. Um, so then, I also believe that the human lineage comes from what we have proven to be, to, to just say it, monkeys or apes, whatever you want to call it. I actually don't know the specific taxonomic names for those. But I think, I think if we're thinking Adam and Eve as in, an event that like okay this this did literally happen maybe Adam and Eve were the first people with a soul that could comprehend God Adam and Eve are the first people that received God's light in a way that other organisms like snakes and fish just don't understand 
like so it also on the subject of intelligent life like humans uh, we see organisms like or animals like uh, orcas which have intense emotions that I can actually go pretty deep into if you want me to talk about it I know we're trying to do things condensed no all, all, all the way everything okay. you got everything you want to give so this is this is recorded from officer like eyewitness and personal observations at SeaWorld. So okay, there, there's a so orcas in the wild they they operate like tribes. They are matriarchies and they have families that live 60 to 70 years old in the wild. And they kind of teach each other things, as you would see, and just like the more like tribal parts of human life. They have different languages. They have clans that stay out of territories of other clans, and that clash. So something SeaWorld does is they kind of just randomly select orcas that they can capture, and throw them in a pool with others, which would be like. If I pulled you, Caleb, and I put you in a room, bedroom size, with some random dude I pulled from Japan, some dude I pulled from the Amazon jungle, some dude that, I don't know, some dude from Spain, it's kind of the equivalent of that. They have a very developed cerebral cortex and frontal lobe, which gives them a higher order of thinking. Uh, so one, one of these orcas that separated, they were, I think they were either separated from a calf, either in captivity or they were separated when they were captured, but, uh, basically a mother lost its child. Mm -hmm. And after that happened, they observed its behavior and you can, it, it, it is not swimming. It's, it's, it's literally moping at the bottom of the pool banging its head against the wall like it like you can see that it's depressed hmm. so with that being said like that that is some very complex emotional relationships that's something that we wouldn't that we would consider ourselves superior to it's like well like what 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 is quite the difference because you can there are a lot of other examples where you can see their intelligence on display orcas get bored like we do hmm. if they have nothing so they're they're put in these tiny pools that they, they get bored they need to be stimulated like we can we can't just stay in a room if we do we're gonna we have to find something we're gonna bang our head in a wall walk around in circles uh an orca captured a bird um it i'm not even doing the story justice because there's so much more that went into this about Orcas just learning, like literally learning about how birds moved and their patterns around their pools. They just catch birds and literally dissect them off the bone. Hmm. L literally a seagull stripped to the bone surgically by an orca's teeth. Not to eat, but as something to do. So I think that speaks like 
highly on their intelligence. And then it also, and you know, there's a lot of other animals that are kind of like rising to what I would consider like a developed human-like with human qualities. Another animal is like octopuses, octopi. Like they, some of the things they do is like mind blowing how smart they are. And it's like, you know, like maybe there's some civilization out there where <laughs> like it, it was these cephalopod forms of creatures that kind of like rose to where humans are now. And it kind of makes me wonder the question like when, when or is it possible that uh, creatures like this start getting salvation hmm. when they can start to think as complex as we do I think orcas are the best example of that when do you, how does God start to interact with them does, will God start to interact with them would a cyborg that is fully sentient get salvation you think therefore you are well, rhetorical or not, or extremely thought-provoking or not, it's uh, Harrison brings up a lot of good, interesting points. Um, I mean, I have my own beliefs on that. I think, you know, but um, you know, imago dei and all that image of God. Like, I don't know. I would, I would be of the line of thinking that orcas would never gain salvation, and any cyborg would never gain salvation. Why? Um, a fully okay let, let's just run with the cyborg thing a fully sentient cyborg have you played fallout 4 mm -mm, no i have not unfortunately when you say cyborg do you mean like half robo half human oh not i'm sorry not cyborg L literally full 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 robot well i would i would think say it's possible that it's it can have a, a quote-unquote brain that is equivalent to ours that is fully sentient I still, I would still think that it lacks um, a soul to save and the image of God. If it's full, so even if it's fully sentient, yeah, so it, it lacks a soul. I don't think sentience uh, gives us a soul or salvation. You know, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not one. I'm not God, of course. I can't really, I can't really call the shots on what God would and wouldn't do. I'll put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> everything, everything I'm saying is. Um, you know, from, from any conclusion that I've met through my own studies or, you know, just what I've looked at and thought about. And so, I don't know. I would think that an animal definitely, you couldn't make it. It, would never, it will never why? make it. Because I think... I why, mean, why can't... So, it kind of goes back to whether you even agree with this or not. But what I mentioned about, like, Adam and Eve, Homo sapiens, like, boom, you have a soul now. Like, well, I mean, could, if, could if, other, like, animals rise to that prominence where God's like, you know what, like, boom. Well, I think that that's, your soul. that's kind of, I think that would be a, a catch-22, as it were, as gotcha. it were dubbed, because I think at that point, like, that would be basing it off of that opinion. I don't mm -hmm. have that opinion, so I can't really speak to that. But if you do have that opinion, then you can kind of run with that, and you can kind of see how far, you know, you want to go. Because, well, that reminds me of another conversation I had with someone where it, I just felt, I'll, I'll tell you what they said and why I found it, like, so contradictory. But um, she was kayaking in Alaska or something, and that's when, like, humpback whales started floating up to their kayaks. And she said one of them breached kind of on its side, and they just looked into each other's eyes, and it, like, clicked with her, like, wow, like, something is there. 
This is something that sees me. This is like, like there is a light behind those eyes that is like thinking and like understands. And then we kind of got on a similar subject and she's like, well, I don't believe they have souls. And I just, I, I didn't understand how you could think so, how you could compare it so like identical to humans, but then be like, well, no, it doesn't have a soul. It can't have a soul. It's a fucking whale. It's like, well, why? Why? I guess that's up to her. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't speak for that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not telling you to speak for that, but that's just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Something else I wanted to add. Yeah, that's, that's definitely thought provoking. And I think that that's, you know, it is something to consider. Like I said before, you got to always reevaluate your opinions and what you believe. So I think complacency and belief is never good. If you believe something because, you know, your parents told you or you read it, you know, nine years ago, like you probably want to revisit it. You probably want to rethink what you read, what you've seen. And so with, with her and that experience, I think that's, that's marvelous and magnificent. I've never, I've heard similar stories about like people having um, a moment with an animal almost like I heard one on another podcast and it was like um, a lady and she was like doing snow dogs across Alaska mm-hmm. and um, at one point she saw like a polar bear and her cub and like her dogs were like trying to run over to the polar bear to like do whatever and like you know polar bears are pretty vicious oh yeah and so like she had a shotgun like the the snow dog lady mm-hmm. and uh, or snow, or sled dog lady excuse me and so, um, at one point the dogs were like really close to the polar bear and so was she. And, um, the polar, the polar bear, polar bear got up on her hind legs and she pulled out her shotgun and she aimed it at him or aimed it at her, I guess. And, um, cause she knew like if that polar bear harmed any of her dogs, she was going to shoot she's it. She's in trouble. Yeah. No, she's like, she's going to kill it. Like that was just it. And so she said that she felt this moment with the polar bear that like the polar bear was speaking to her almost saying like, I don't want to hurt you. I just want you to go. And so, like, after that, like, after that, like, moment, she did. She up and left, and she said she didn't stop going for, like, three hours or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, wow. uh, I mean, I thought that was interesting. And I think that, you know, that may that may go into that a similar kind of moment that that girl had with the, uh, with the, with the whale the, or the orca, whatever, the blue whale. I don't remember exactly which, which one she saw, but I don't know, man. That's, uh... That's something else. That's I've never. I, man, I wish I could have an experience like that with an animal. You know, pretty crazy. Pretty pretty crazy. But yeah, I, I feel like you can either be about the belief that um, it it's purely evolutionarily instinctual for polar bears to have moments like that, like it's protecting its progeny. Yeah. Because the ones that didn't protect their progeny don't exist anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of ingrained in their brain to do so. But I would argue that's the same with humans. And I know God is real. And I know this stuff is real. So it's like, you know, like, you, I kind of have to believe both. Because it doesn't make sense to have either of those excluded because of the other. Yes. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And then there's the whole, I, I really, so... I, I really disagree with the... It, it's it's really weird to think about, and it's kind of, like, shocking at first. Like, of course, like, a robot wouldn't get salvation. Of course, like, a whale wouldn't get salvation. That's for humans. 
but it's like you know like i think so i asked you about fallout 4 because there are robots that are fully i guess android was the word i meant to use instead of cyborg okay fully robotic the robots in that don't even know they're robots like like one, one of your teammates like is part of this robot hate group that like actively like kills robots then he finds out he's a robot and he's like and he has like a mental breakdown and you have to like kill him or something depending on who you're sided with and it's like man with that logic like i could be a robot and not know about it you know yeah so, so. it's for me with with that thought i just to me the idea is that god is more concerned with giving people salvation rather than anything else so that's kind of what puts me in that mindset yeah maybe we we don't understand it but yeah i can see where you're coming from and i mean and and i think that's that's also a big thing that i know people have battled with in you know philosophy and it's the whole idea of like I may be the only person that's conscious and everyone else is a figment mm-hmm. of my imagination that I'm just yeah. walking through life. Like, how can I know that you're real? Like, I can feel yeah. you and I can talk to you, but, like, what if my consequences have no action and I'm in some dream state and I'm? Mm-hmm. it turns out I'm an alien on some crazy <laughs> trip and that'll really wreck your idea on life and then, like, that'll 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 kind of shape shit. You know what? It'll, it would give you a different perspective. But, um, I mean, you know, you're right. I, we, we cannot speak for anyone else's experiences and so I think, you know, just as easily, like, yeah, we could be robots. I don't certainly don't believe that. And I, I, I certainly I certainly know that. I don't think we are robots. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but I certainly do believe that um, you and I both uh, are human and are capable of receiving God's and Jesus' salvation. And I cannot speak for any other cyborg that believes they are sentient enough to <laughs> to need salvation because I think that's kind of the thing. It's like, what do they do when they get powered down? Do they just cease to exist, even though they were just as sentient as a person? I don't know. I mean, that's I don't I don't I don't 100%. I don't know. Pe- people are revived and they don't go to heaven and come back. You know. Yep. I mean, God does what He wants. But God, he God knows, wants. like when you're dead. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Because I mean, I don't know. There, there's been all kind of different things about people people dying and then going places. I don't know what to believe and what to not believe. I just know I know that I have my faith, and I think that God does that for a reason. Because I've I've heard. Um, different people say that like, like there's a story about, um, I think it's, oh shoot, I don't remember exactly, but it's, um, I think it's either Jesus telling a story. I think it is. And, but he's talking about Lazarus talking to like his uncle mm-hmm. and his uncle's in hell. Yeah. And like, he's like, oh, if I could just have a drop of water and all that. And he has this whole back and forth conversation with him. And like, I had a conversation about this in like a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And like that's a really yeah, and good I, story. It is, and I I don't know if it looped back around to Lazarus like actually like dying and being brought back to life by Jesus, but like that was the thing that um, I think it, it's I think Paul talks about it in one of his books. But he pretty much says like um, they saw and they still didn't believe. They still didn't believe. So at that point, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And so with that, it's like if Jesus really did come back, or if like every fifth person was brought back to life and like Jesus said it or like God said it from heaven down to us. He's like, from here on out, every fifth person I'm going to bring back to life 30 minutes after they're going to be medically dead. People would still find reasons to not believe that. And so I think God has shown us enough for us to believe or not to believe. And and I'm bringing this back to my original point. 
is that like I've read Heaven is for Real and you know I bought into it as a little guy. I don't really know what I believe now. I have to reread it. But um, books like that and experiences like that, that is not confirmatory to my faith. I would not base that on my reason to believe. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a good thing because yeah, I... we, we don't need non-God things to dictate um, our decision for salvation, you know, or our, our decision for faith and for belief. And so I don't know how I got on that tangent, so I'm, I'm sorry about that. But I don't know. I, I still, at the end of the day, if I don't think a cyborg would need salvation, thus they would not be able to receive it. Or an android, excuse me. That's kind Even of Even if they prayed to God? Would they not be able to reach God? Yeah, I mean, like, what if I typed in to... Like, I, I don't know. I think they, them praying to God would be of similar measure to me typing into something into Google Translate and then reading it out. You know? I disagree. Yeah, you can. I don't know. On, on the idea that they're fully sentient. I well, I guess if you if you have the basis that they're fully sentient, maybe. I mean, we know this. But sentience. is that even possible? Can I mean, you yeah. create something smarter than yourself? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, sentience, sentience is, is, I don't know if that's a measure of... of... Like, can you even make something sentient? Is that even possible? I don't that's true. That whole thing, I don't know. I don't know, because I, I talked about it before, about like the complexities of our brain, and people are saying, well, theoretically, you could make a robo-brain, because all it is is a bunch of electric impulses, but I think that we have something that cannot be created by mm-hmm. any other human, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, at that point, that's where I draw the line on all this, is I think that we have something God-given that we cannot create, you know? I don't think, I think that we may be able to create sentience one day, but there's something that we have that... Every animal doesn't have, and any cyborg wouldn't have. I think there's just something different, and I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I I'll, I'm gonna put my stake down and put my little my little sign up and say this is this is the line right here. So that's for my money. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how much more you want me to keep. I mean, at the end of the day, Harrison, we're we're in deep now, <laughs> and I, I wanted you to talk about something that you were actually you know passionate and in the know about, and it wouldn't be the Caleb show because this is this is the Harrison episode. They've it's had, true. It's been fifty percent the Caleb show for every single episode that I've ever made. So, I got to make it more about you than me. I'm I'm, I'm a good brain prodder. So. You like you like to ask. Oh, okay. I mean, have have you have you reached the the point of your expunging of knowledge that you were that you were planning to bestow upon me i mean pretty much because i was just going to keep asking you about things you like just said and i was like hmm, what about this i mean yeah i mean i'm fine i'd ask or answer them i mean i'd, I'd ask a lot of them right back to you i think well that okay i guess i want to ask you is is the bible closed now yes I, yeah, it is really? def- definitely. I think definitely. And the Revelation talks about it. He says, like anyone that tries to add or take anything out of this book, it's uh, it's heresy. And I don't know if he said they shall be put to death, but they're like wicked or something. I don't know the exact wording, but I remember I remember reading that because I I recently finished the Bible in one year, and so that was like the end of Revelation. So that wasn't too long ago when I read that. Um, so, yeah, I think I I do think that the Bible is closed, but I think that Jesus still works regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I think we, and that's the thing. It's like, is God not subject to change? No, He's not going to change. He's, he, he won't change. Do you think He's the same God you read in the Old Testament as I the do. New Testament? Hundred percent do. I think that God changed how He treated people, but He did not change Himself. He well, gets, that is a behavior change, then. Well, okay, then, okay. So capable of 
of... I don't mean he's, like, changing his... Whatever you believe, like, omnipotence or mm-hmm. his ability. Yes, I think that God is, in, in, a, in, in my mathematical... But God is emotional. Yeah. God, so, God, what does that say? Well, I think that um, that is our broken image of God in motion right there. Every one of God's emotions... God gets fucking pissed. Yeah, everyone's, every one of God's emotions is valid. The fact that, like, we have an opportunity for salvation is, is a much bigger blessing than I think, blessing that, than, than, like, you know, we Christians give him credit for. And, like, you can, I've read a lot of verses, and it's crazy about how much Jesus puts weight on salvation. And he's like, man, you have to, like, lose it about being saved. Like, this is, like, <laughs> incomparable to anything else. And, like, we're just like, yeah, I'm just pretty neat. Like I'm, still, <laughs> really I'm, I'm still I'm still gonna be tweaked about my test tomorrow, but like it's great that I'm gonna be saved and all, but like and like <laughs> and, and this it's and, and oh man Jesus I mean it's that have if you've ever had a speaker show you that rope, he yeah. pulls out this comedically large, comedically long rope. Mm. There's a piece of electric tape over it. He's like here here's your life. Then he unravels this rope that's like sixty feet long, and he's like here's eternity. You know. Yeah. So. It, salvation is really incomparable. Yeah, um, and 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 when when God made us, like we botched it with sin, we know that. And so, <laughs> kind like, of fucked that. And, oh, and, botched, <laughs> botched totally. <laughs> um, but I, I think that when you when you when you lock that down and you crack open that, it is completely just for God to kill anyone who does anything wrong, because He said that He reserved that right when He made us. He made a covenant with us. Four different occasions he made covenants with, with man, and we've blown it every single time. But he's faithful enough, and he's merciful enough to, like, still hold up his end of the deal. Like, um, you know, he blesses those who follow him and, you know, hold to his precepts, all that. And, like, I don't do that all the time, and mm-hmm. yet he still blesses me. Yep. Would, would you argue there is enough sin to kill someone? For God, like, what, what, what would it require for God to... So God can spite somebody. Yeah, God smite. can God can renounce salvation if it's a like hundred percent blasphemy. Bla- so, so do you mean of, renounce uh, salvation, or do you mean he can take away someone's salvation? Literally murder someone. He wouldn't murder anybody. I think it. I, I think you, you said something that was like literally murder. Well, yeah, the the wages of sin are hundred percent death. Like that's I mean mm-hmm. that's in the Bible, but like God is merciful enough to not kill us on the spot when we sin. Like he he you know there's 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 verses other than that, of course. What was that? Your house is haunted, man. What happened? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to scare you. No, what do you hear? No, you sleep in this room. What was it? It's definitely a voice in the closet. Well, go look. No, I'm not going to fucking look. There's no one in there. There was a voice in there. I mean, no one's in there, but I'm yeah. saying it's a ghost. There's no ghost in here. I, l- I literally heard a voice. What did it say? I don't know. We were talking. I just know I heard it, was, I heard it earlier, too, and I thought it was like your thing, like maybe playing out loud. I think it, it probably was, it was the desk. Like, nope. No. It may have been the vibration of something in the other room. It could have been a number of things. It probably was I, like, it sounded <laughs> like a man's voice. All right. I'm going to pause it, and we're going to listen. So we had to interrupt the podcast because of a claimed ghost haunting 
by Harrison, who says he heard voices or something uh, a couple couple minutes or maybe a minute ago now. Um, but you know, I'm I'm having trouble believing him right now, and I know that I have I have neighbors who are indeed male and also have voices. I told you, it's just a voice. Like you can make what you want of that, but if you if you're not gonna believe me, I heard a voice, and you just don't you just don't trust me. I think that I if, heard a voice. If a voice worked up the muster and the courage to actually make noise, and do whatever, then like it probably want to say something important, and also something the mic would capture because we listened to that that last little bit. Dude, you were before we did this. You talked about how we needed to speak loud enough for the mic because it doesn't pick up. All that great. You said, let's get to that 1812. So if there was something I could barely hear while we were talking, the mic definitely wouldn't have picked that up. Yeah, but like... That's I, all I'm saying. See, my thing was, like, I know what you were talking about, but I didn't think of anything of it. I thought it was, like, something moving on the ground. It was a voice. Or something outside. And you know what? It very well could have been a voice outside. Paranormal or not, it was a voice. Paranormal that's, that's, or not. That's what I want you to take home tonight. Okay, well... What there I'm was taking, a voice. What I'm taking home tonight is it's probably the people next door. Okay. And, and like I told I told Harrison in our little break because we had our own little conversation. What I think is is for my money, no matter what, it's gonna be okay. I may be freaked out for you know a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's God fine. is bigger than the boogeyman. That's true. God is bigger than El Boogeyman. And if I die, I know where I'm going. If I don't die, I got a really cool story. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, no matter what way you spin it, I mean, it may freak with me. Like I told him about that, like you know, and I think he he agrees with it. You know, it would kind of mess with you to see a ghost. And all that, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, sorry for the ab- abrupt conclusion of this episode. I think that Harrison and I definitely hit a hit a nerve that we could uh we could tap into next time around, when we uh if if we if we do have the Harrison two, episode. So uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that that's a, it's a good stopping point, and this can be goodbye round two. Bye.